It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you in association with Labbooks. Just click the link on the description to the show, sign up and get a free bet up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50. Go on, do it. Hello, good evening around the world. Welcome to uh, another week's edition of The Spurs Show. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, joining me this week, uh, two guests who have been on the show and back again from Sky Sports, Emma Story. Hello. And you might know him as a comedian, and but also now sort of man behind the scenes at Spurred on TV, uh, well worth checking out, Barnaby Slater. Hello, Mike. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you back. very much for coming. And, uh, well, lots to talk about tonight. Um, since we were last here, we've had two matches, the Europa game against Monaco and then the league game against Swansea, both draws. Um, which, well, let's, let's talk about the Swansea game because it's still obviously fresh in the memory. And obviously, um, Barnaby, you, you were there. A draw... A good point or two points dropped, Emma? Personally, I would have taken a draw before the game. I really would. Really? Swan- I really Swansea. would. Swansea away. Come on. This is the side that beat Man United, who are leading the Premier League. Say that much. At the moment. Well, this yeah. season it kind of is. Mm. No, I would have taken a point before the match. Having watched the game, I was frustrated. We didn't take our chances. We hammered them in the, uh, the final sort of 10, 15 minutes and couldn't get the breakthrough. And then obviously, you know, the reason they had two goals on the score sheet is because Harry Kane scored yeah. one of them for what them. What so. goal? I mean, uh, yeah, there's one way to do it. We're all gutted. If it was any other <laughs> team doing that you would laugh well, do you know what, it way, was like Sunday league football the way it? I was looking at it was at least he's still scoring even yeah, if even it is at the wrong end yeah. um, but did you like the way they did it and there was everyone was, there was like it, if that was Sunday league football you'd get everyone like, you fucking idiot they just trotted <laughs> off like it's, nothing had happened la, la, la. if I, like run, if I run away goal kick he just sort of trotted back to the if I run away line. really quietly yeah. no one's going <laughs> to notice it was me I don't know, <laughs> not, not to start by giving props to another team's fans but they started chanting he's one of our own straight yes. away <laughs> and it was so funny that we, yeah. uh, all the people, all the Spurs fans in the UA and just gave them a round of applause because it, yeah. was, it was quality, fair play to them. But um, 
just to jump on your question, uh, I personally agree with Emma. Actually, I think it's a really important point yeah. to get. Uh, she's right, absolutely. That I we um, right. we were uh, we had them under the cosh in the second in the second half, especially. But uh, the way I think of it is. Um, Old Spurs, as I like to call them. Mm-hmm. So a Spurs of the last few seasons, I think, would have buckled under that. Seventh game in 21 days. We did look a bit leggy. Swansea definitely looked fresher. Going down 1-0 and then 2-1. Mm-hmm. And then I just think, you know, this is my theory, but I think um, in the times where Hugo was having to make save after save after save after save, and we didn't have that kind of uh, triumvirate of Dyer, Alderweireld and Jan, um, I think he may have ended up not saving that one in the last minute, but I think now he's having to make so uh, so fewer so many fewer saves that actually when it comes to it, yes, his concentration levels have to be high to make a save of that caliber. But I just think in in the in past days we probably would have lost that game. I mean, it's very, I mean, it, it would have been typical Spurs to beat Manchester City and then everyone, hey, here we go, unbeaten, how many games, and then go there and lose, and it would have been, oh, God's sake, it would have been, it's, it's, you it, know. it would have been Spursy. Yeah. And the other thing that I think is worth pointing out is we finally broken this long hoodoo of losing every time we play in the Europa League. It's mm. always been mm. go away in the Europa League, balls it up on the Sunday. Doesn't matter who we're playing. Yeah. Always goes tits up. Mm. Obviously. You'd prefer a win rather than a draw, but that's still an end to that streak. And I think mentally as well, that's possibly a sign that the team is starting to at least adjust to the whole Thursday, Sunday crap, which we have to put up with. Well, we should do by now. We've been doing it for the last few yeah, seasons. Yeah, but it hasn't, you know, but maybe they've the not acclimatised Maybe it. the fact that they're so much younger really counts yeah. in our favour yeah. in terms of having the legs. <laughs> I mean, I think especially... Oh, yeah, we're going to Monaco in fairness. It's not like they're we're going to count it as uh, Mike, it was a long way, mate. It was a long way. <laughs> I was there. I'm very tired. I'm very tired. Oh, on a, on a, on a separate note about Monaco, I just want to register a little complaint, which I think lots of people are going to feel i applied for a monaco away ticket like lots and lots of my fellow season ticket holders we got a tiny allocation Mm -hmm. so it ended up that you needed a million loyalty points to be able to go look at the tv no one nobody there what give us like a five thousand allocation when you know you're not even going to be close to selling your ground out it was absolutely ridiculous but you should have gone. Assuming. You should have because almost. No, but you just, couldn't get a ticket if you had a British passport. Yeah, if you had no. a British passport, they wouldn't put a French accent on. No, they Some did. I was in the. Maybe. I have to a say, belly. I was in the home end. I was in, I was in the home end, so oh, I can are. tell you there were in behind me. There were about six Spurs fans chanting throughout the whole time, and they were just getting <laughs> applauded by the Monaco fans. Mm. I think the reality of Monaco is, I don't think they have like one tiny little section of what I would call ultras. Just you know, like Palace, like Palace have their little bit with flags and what have you. They had that at the other end. And then the rest of it, I think, is just people who don't even who care. just go on holiday. It yeah. was just around. empty. Yeah. Honestly, I've had the real rage about yeah. that. So I just wanted to get that on the record and like register right. it right now. I can right. I've let it go it's now. It's off my chest. It. Can I just go back to one thing <laughs> about the Swansea thing? Um, I do. The other thing that I think is really important about the, the draw yesterday is going into an international break on a lose mm. on a loss is such a neg it's such a downer yeah. and I a think neg. the fact now neg. the fact now that <laughs> we're yeah, a neg. I've been, no 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 I've just been reading the game if you haven't read oh. the game <laughs> uh, such a negative sorry Emma uh, and um, you know up keeping up that keeping up that uh, that unbeaten run since the first game I think is, is still really I mean important. it is incredible I mean I think is it 13 points is it we've got now yeah to, to have not lost since you the know, opening day it, of the season it is I mean I, you can argue that you know United a game and City home you could argue should have won or the others but who we're playing but we're sort of we're in there we're in that pack yep. and again no one's really putting a run together well I was about I mean, to Arsenal, say who were 
<laughs> one of the worst performances I've ever seen in a long time at Olympiacos. I know, then came out yesterday and totally came smashed back, it. Came yes, it's a terrible Man United. Just shows you, again, and we say this every bloody season, <laughs> a bit of consistency, put a run together. There's no reason why we can't stay up there. But the, th- the thing is is, is, is you've hit the nail on the head. Nobody's being consistent this season. This has been, without doubt, one of the weirdest starts to a Premier League, I think, ever. I can't mm. remember the last time that actually... So many of the supposed good sides have been so inconsistent. And that's even before you go to the complete car crash that is Chelsea. Mm. And let's all like, thank the Lord, they're still below us. Isn't it great? I can't remember, genuinely, if anyone can like tweet in or text in or sort something and say, when was the last time we were above Chelsea for this long Mm. in a season? I genuinely can't remember. Well, Well, probably probably before before they were formed in 2003. We're talking like 10 years. It's amazing. And we're we're five points ahead of them. What about when we finished above them and they won the championship? Champions League that year. Yes. Well, I think we were mostly above them all, all season. Yes, Under, they finished, um, we finished yeah. the but, yeah. but you're right, in general, you're absolutely right. Mm. Um, you know, being above them for this long and the inconsistency of the season, you're so right. But I will say, and I hope I'm wrong, so I'm just going to get this out there. I think there's only one team in the league who could win like 12 on the spin and that's probably Chelsea. If they click, if they get clicked and Costa starts playing and Fabregas starts playing, it could happen. Let's hope it won't. In fact, the reason I'm saying it is because I feel like if I say it, it's less likely to happen. I just, but, I just um, hope we set them down again like we did in 75. Yeah, see, I wasn't around for that, so I'd really enjoy oh, that. Yeah. No, I wasn't alive well, either. That's that's sounded, that's it sounded like a good one. so much. That's the I reason haters because we, we effectively beat them uh, so it's nothing to do with the fact that we've got history and tradition and pride and they haven't. And that sent them down. Wow. So that's, that's why they, the fans, the, 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 old, the old orbal, you know, bald, yeah. that, sort of yeah. slightly... They're a, special, right they're a special breed of fan. Careful, that, of fans. Careful, that's like some of my cousins you're talking about there, Steve. Really? Yeah. Are they right wing? No. Oh, okay. So, so I'm not talking about them. I'm talking well, about the right wing They are bald, though. Okay, well, there's a lot of bald. A lot of, you know, Spurs fans that are bald. I'm talking about, you know, you know when you walk to the way bit at Stanford yeah. Bridge and they're all standing waiting for the Spurs fans? Yeah. That lot. That lot. Uh, about the Matthew shed, Harding stand. The shed. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so you think it was a good point. And, and standout performances. We mentioned Larissa again, who, I mean, in the last few games, there was the, the, the one or two saves against Palace, the save, the last one against Swansea. He is winning us points. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's Absolutely worth a goal a game. A goal a game, undoubtedly. But if you're talking about standout performances, I have to say it again. I've been raving about it for the last few weeks. Eric Dyer. Dyer oh again. my God. Like, putting him into the central defensive mid mm. is the most inspired thing that Poch has done I think do you think it was deliberate or do you think it was the interest I do Mason think it was deliberate it? no I think it was deliberate because he was playing like that in pre-season when mm. Mason was still fit I really think Poch has seen something in Dyer about the way that he plays he's very I mean obviously having grown up and played all his football on the continent mm. he is a very cultured ball player he does think a lot about where the ball goes and I think Poch maybe spotted a, a gap to say actually I'm not sure that being a out and out centre back is necessarily your best role mm. and I think he's gone with Dyer's ball playing qualities and then yeah obviously the injuries to Mason and Benzlip have then allowed Dyer to cement a place there yeah. but my god the boy's just taken it and run with it and he is excelling mm. absolutely excelling it's like Barnaby said about you know Larice no longer has to make a save every five minutes because you've got somebody who is so intelligent when him and Ali are playing together if one goes forward the other one drops back Dyer's also totally capable of coming back in and almost making like a back five yeah. mm. when we're under the cosh he just for a 21 year old mm. it's absolutely he looks older doesn't he he's got all those faces he does look older, he's only but 21 it's 
his footballing intelligence a bit like how I feel about Harry Kane like their reading of the game mm-hmm. for, for such young kids is phenomenal and mm-hmm. I think Poch deserves a lot of credit for spotting that yeah can I say as well I think yeah. um, the other thing that Eric Dyer has really brought is leadership if you watch yeah. he communicates mm-hmm. not just to Deli Ali, who's obviously a kid playing alongside him but he is making people fill in he is making people come back and that is a thing that I've been talking about Spurs not having for a while is enough leaders you know I think we all know we've got yeah. a young team we don't have you know, we haven't made that kind of Harry Redknapp, Scott Parker signing to, to help them bed. So they're going to have to become leaders from within. I think Harry Kane's doing that. And I think Eric Dyer, I mean, God, he's such a throwback. I think I've said it to Emma before. He's black like, boots, I, he really boots. reminds me of Gary Mabbott. Like, yeah. you know, how he, Mabbott must have been right in the early days because he's a real kind of throwback leader, winner, fighter. And, you know, he's playing central midfield now, but I think he probably will end up going back to centre-back and it'll make him a better centre-back. It definitely will, just like it did to Ledley. Let's talk about negatives. It's the Spurs show. You've got to throw some negatives mm-hmm. in. You You're... know I'm not a fan of negatives. Well, come on. You've got to do it. The, the, the <laughs> listeners expect it. They do. Uh, Swansea's first goal. Disappointing the way that's yes. built up and yeah. walk a little bit stood off him and we looked, we looked a bit flat-footed, didn't we? At the back we did. The I, I, I did feel it was a bit like a freebie. Mm. You know, I felt like I should not have been allowed to take good that player, are you, wasn't he, he is a very good player. One, I'm a, I am why didn't we look at him um, when we were desperate? I like to think because Paul Mitchell saw something in him that we don't know about. Yeah, and therefore, I'm going to trust Paul I, I, Mitchell. I trust Paul. <laughs> going to trust Paul Mitchell, but no, you're right. Like, uh, you know, first goal was a bit shit, really, defensively, which is a shame given that over the last few games, I think our defensive performance has been fantastic. So yeah. it's frustrating to lose a goal like that so early on when there was really no need to. Then obviously the own goal, let's, you know, mm, let's, let's yeah. just park that there. Um, so yeah, if you want to talk negative, I think defensively, it's been our worst game for a bit. Mm. Um, but it's still a vast improvement, I think, on yeah. last season. I know you want me to be negative, but... No, no, um, I don't want you to be well. I'm just I, asked about that goal. Yeah, um, you know? yeah. So I was sat uh, just three rows back. So first half, well, even the first half of the first half, I could see on Kyle Walker's face, he was shitting himself, to be honest. I don't think, I, in fairness, the, I don't, I don't think it's very time. often, but also, I don't, yeah, you're right, but I don't think it's the first, I, I don't think there are many times where Kyle Walker comes up against anyone who's actually quicker than him. Yeah. Okay, and that was Montero, it's one of the very few times. So, at the start, the first kind of 10 minutes, he was getting touch tight to Carl, uh, to Montero and that didn't work. He turned him. So then he was giving him five yards. And I have to say, most of the time it worked. But that first one, he didn't show him down the line. I, he started showing him down the line and then he cut back and it was a good cross. And I'm just going to say this. That was an outstanding header. Mm. That was an outstanding header to beat Hugo like that. It, the ball was a bit behind him. But, and he got power on it. So, but, you know, yes, I think Kyle could have, in an ideal world, th- there were fans around me, certainly, Spurs fans around me, who were very angry at Kyle Walker. I think we jump on Kyle Walker almost first out of anyone in the whole team. But they were saying, bring on Trippier, bring on Trippier. Now Trippier is not quick. So I don't know whether that is a great idea against Jefferson Montero. So that, that my little negative, I think the cross could have been stopped, but it was a great header. It was, it was a great header, but he had it pretty much completely unchallenged. I think that was my issue. Sure, sure. It's like, if you go, I mean, you can pick up Carl Walker and say, just to stop the cross, but equally, where were, was our central defence? Sure. Mm. My next trying question, to take him out. My next question is, especially away from home, Chadley and Eriks, and, and sorry, Chadley and Lamella, mm. are they good enough? Have you, do you, have you seen enough from both of them away from home to go absolutely start every league game? Do you know what I would say? Chadley shouldn't be starting. The only reason Chadley is starting is because Son is injured. Um, Lamella, this season... I will not hear a bad word said about the boy and I've been so frustrated at some of the ridiculous criticism that's been chucked his way. He is 
transformed over the summer like the last up until Sunday the previous three games of that he was the man of the match against Manchester City mm. he was out of this world and I think him and Ericsson and Son and Ali behind them are developing a really good understanding it's really frustrating that Son's got injured now and I hope it's not going to be a long-term thing mm. because I feel like they're they're developing something there but yeah Chadley I actually don't think should be playing I think if Son was fit Chadley will be on the bench. What's yeah. your feelings? You yeah, um, I think I think Ch- I'm surprised actually because uh, the first game or two and preseason, I thought Chadley was going to have another really brilliant season, but he's just seemed to have dropped his level over the past month or so. Um, I think I am probably one of the people who has pissed Emma off with my um, <laughs> abuse of Eric Lamella before, so uh, I apologise for that. But what I will say is, I was at the Stoke game um, and I was at the first few games, and he was um, d- doing this thing that I think is not his fault, but. I think that the transfer fee at times weighs him down and affects his decision-making. So what I think about Eric Lamella, incredibly gifted player, all he ever needs to do is do it easy. Mm. Give it, get it back, make your little assist, because he's the best, him and Eric, uh, alongside Ericsson, he's the best assist maker we've got. In terms of finding little through balls, when he does it right, it's mm. so great. But sometimes he tries to take a man on when he doesn't have the pace, and I think that's an element of... I've been, you know, this was £27 million. I need to repay this quickly or, you know, these fans aren't going to like me. But in the City game and the game, the last three games, as Emma was saying, absolutely right. He started doing that and I think his confidence is gaining and he is becoming the player. But uh, I will say he wasn't great yesterday. He looked tired. I'd say he was tired. Pochettino now, you can see, because we're getting results now, and I'm glad to see it, is trying to keep a settled team yeah what's your feeling about the players that then come on when we need a goal or whatever like Townsend's another one who came on is that bench strong enough I'm just worried about as the season goes on and we don't typically suppose don't do any more business again in January because mm. we'll try to leave it last minute is that squad especially the players that are going to come in strong enough to sustain a European run and a really good run in the league um well in answer <laughs> well. to your question do I think it's as strong as it needs to be? Maybe not necessarily, but do I think that the fact that they're kind of young and hungry will mean that we'll get better results despite having quite a small trim squad? Yes, I do, actually. I think the fact that those players have left who I think were um, kicking up a fuss and just collecting their money a little bit. I'm talking Paulinho, Capu. Uh, you know, they're the ones that spring to mind He immediately. shall not be named. It, frankly, <laughs> frankly, yeah, exactly. I think you mean Adebayo. Um, Maybe. Uh, <laughs> Frankly, I think the fact, you know, I would rather have, a, you know, an Andros Townsend come on or a Clinton and G come on and be raw but hungry than have a Paulinho come on or a Capu come on who are just going to be like, oh, I'm just going through the motions here. So I think, you know, I put this on record now, I think we will end up with higher points this season than we did last season. Whether we'll have higher points at the end of the season, uh, high enough points at the end of the season to get in the top four is another matter. But I do think it's a much more um, beneficial squad this season than it has been for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're all sorted at the back and in defensive mid, especially. I think we're, we're fine. We're totally covered there if we've got any issues, any injuries. I do worry a little bit about up front. Having said that, I've not seen enough yet of Clinton and G mm. to know whether he is a decent enough replacement. He is the kind of guy who come on, get you a goal. You know, Townsend, for all the best will in the world, and, you know, I have, I do have quite a lot of time for Townsend Mm. compared to I think a lot of other people but he has got this terrible bloody habit of just shooting on sight which is nice to see your enthusiasm if it goes in in, it's brilliant (laughs) unfortunately 99 times out of 100 it doesn't go in and there's Mm. somebody sitting there screaming in the books asking for the ball you must be brilliant in training 
yeah. And you know, obviously his pace frightens, you know, people when they come on and especially if he comes on, you know, 75 minutes gone, mm. any defence is going to go, oh shit, mm. I can't be bothered with this now. So in that respect, it's good. But yeah, I do... I am a little concerned that we are a little bit short. But having said that, I would rather be this way round than have a load of players, like Barnaby said, that don't really care, aren't really that arsed when they come on and haven't really got anything different to offer. I mean, at least, you know, even if you say bring Dembele on, I mean, at least he's like, you know, a completely different player to what you might see in the likes of midfield normally in our mm. starting lineup, you know, compared to Chadley or compared to Son or Ericsson. You know, it's not ideal, but it's not, horrendous yeah. I think that's that's probably the way that I would put it at the moment fair enough can I, can I just say one thing quickly yes. um, uh, I got a real uh, you know close up look at Clinton and G when he came on because he was given a bit of a run like yesterday like 25 minutes which was good and his one and two touch stuff is really good he's clearly a very talented boy he's raw he's so raw so one shot he shanked out for a, go- uh, a throw in and, um, you know, his last minute decision making, I'd say, isn't quite there yet. But w- does he cause danger? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's going to be a good signing for us. Mm, well, I, I hope so. And um, going, just going back, um, the Monaco game, were you pleased to see a strong team in the Europa League? Mm. You know, Monaco, let's face it, we all thought they'd be better than they were. Mm. I think we all remember the team that knocked out Arsenal last mm. season. But obviously it's, it's, it's pretty different now. But, you know, even then, although they scored near the end, it, again, it was not... Again, before the game, we would have taken a point, wouldn't we? Away I, to Monaco? Yeah, we would have done, definitely. And again, same sort of feeling as with the Swansea game, really. It's like, before the match, I'd have said definitely taking a point. After the match, I was like, oh, bugger, we could have had that, you know? Yeah. But um, I was over the moon when I saw the lineup for the Monaco game. I'm fed up of us not taking the Europa seriously. Mm. I think, and I realise I'm going to get beasted for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think we've got more chance of qualifying for the Champions League via winning the Europa than we have of finishing top four. The only reason we are near the top four at this moment in time is because everyone's had bloody weird starts and Chelsea have just completely imploded. Chance of that lasting, unfortunately, as Barnaby already mentioned, Mm. not that high. Um, We're not ready yet for top four. We have got a really young side who are full of potential, but really inexperienced. Like we've seen that already this season in terms of closing out games and, you know, start like some of the decision-making isn't quite there yet, Mm. but I'm perfectly happy with that. I want to win a trophy and I realise, obviously, you've had a podcast since the Arsenal game, so I'm not going to go bang on about it, about it. But so many people were saying to me, well, of course we play a weakened side against Arsenal because we've got Man City coming up on Saturday. The Man City performance was brilliant. It does not make up for fielding a weakened side in the League Cup against Arsenal and getting knocked out against a side that we actually could have beat if we played our first team. I want to win some silverware. I don't give a crap about finishing in the top four this season. I would quite happily finish eighth or ninth if we came away with a trophy, be that the FA Cup or especially if it was the Europa League. Mm. Like, I'm just putting it out there. I'm fed up of people prioritising the league above everything else. We're not in a position to win the league. So what? You just want to go on and on and on, occasionally maybe popping up in the Champions League and never actually getting to lift a bloody trophy. Like Arsenal. We, yeah. we know that. I, I, wanna, I, 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 I agree Arsenal. with you. It's the same. It's all about the money. All about the money. It's not my money. I don't care about the money and exactly. whatever in that respect. I, I agree. I'd you like know? to see us go on a great cup run you know, we haven't won many trophies after, over the last God mm. knows how many years. That is pretty poor, yeah, really. it is. No and trophy it's... since 2008. Mm. Obviously, we made the League Cup final last season. And again, that was a time, you know, I was there. Um, as I think we all would have been. But, mm. uh, you know, that was a match where our inexperience showed. But mm. that's what excites me about this team mm. is it's all going in the right direction. It's all got potential. It's all got the ability to grow together. 
and mm. learn as a team. And that's why I'm excited. And that's why I don't give a shit. And the right Levy. manager to take that ethos <laughs> forward as well, don't you think? That's, you know, yeah. Levy's kind of, you know, enough stick that we give him, but he's picked the right manager to go with this ethos now. And he's picked Paul Mitchell to back him up as well. So... Well, it's interesting seeing, uh, just touching on that, it's interesting seeing that the Brendan Rodgers sacking, and you read all the sort of stuff around it, mm. the fact that there was this kind of committee buying the players, and quite clearly he didn't want some of them, and Werb was getting back to the board, he's not happy, doesn't think he's very, very good. And like any business, you get that friction going, he said, she said, was it true, and all that sort of nastiness mm. sort of seeps out, which has happened here. And this is this is the guy who, let's face it, I, I, okay, I know he had a couple of players that have now gone, mm. but was very unlucky not to win the title a couple of seasons ago. What you know, it? one slip, almost. Not with Joe Hard against I think it was Chelsea. Not, not yeah, and then the, the, the Palace, yeah. the Palace three three, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember Red? You know, I think we all laughed at Harry Redknapp when he was manager of Spurs, and he said, you know, two or more, two or three more players. And a couple of seasons, and we could be challenging for this time. You look back it. at Liverpool, and we you and you think, we, yeah. what would what might have? Then we bought Sahara Nelson. Well, this is the problem, well, isn't yeah. it? We, and also, we we should try like to not live in the past about that. It's done now. <laughs> we all know. <laughs> we all know. We all know that we completely cocked it up that season where we got to the Champions League, and instead of pushing on and really going balls out and signing some mega players and going for it, we didn't. Like you said, we signed Sahara and Nelson, and the rest is history. Um, so, you know, I kind of, I put that to bed now. I'm kind of reconciled with that. I want to look forward. And I am sure. impressed with Levy and the fact that he appears to be, and I'm touching wood really hard right now, appears to be giving Poch time, appears to be giving Poch his head when it comes to transfers. I don't think there's any players that we've brought in that Poch has been like, that's not a player that I want. But I think do you think, but do you th- I mean, I understand that, but do you think he is, I mean, the whole Boahino saga, when Pochettino came out the game before and went, the press conference well we all know here that we need another striker yeah and then didn't get that other striker yeah no. you know well, Le- so- well Levy bottom line is Levy really really pissed off West Brom with the way that he behaved and the way that he wanted to pay for Berahino and in fairness to I mean I didn't like West Brom making everything public mm. I don't think that's very professional it's certainly not how things are done but I can appreciate the fact that they felt like Levy was taking the piss. And so they just put their backs up, which I can understand if I'd been in their position and I'd had someone coming in saying, oh yeah, you know, we want to buy a potential English striker off you, but you only want to give you 5 million up front. Mm. I I can understand that. Listen to the show, we we, we talk about this a lot and leaving the way he does business. And when it comes off, Van of Art, brilliant. But there's been many, many times, especially under AVB with certain players he wanted and and, and onwards, Mm. where it hasn't worked. And I think most people sort of go, okay, you you have to surely identify other players early on in the window. So if one doesn't happen, you've got someone lined up. And uh, most fans' fear is that Kane is not hitting form for various that he played in the under-21 championship Mm. and all that. A lot of pressure on him as well. Um, And... He's not, he, you know, if we had another really good centre forward who could have come on on Sunday yeah. to replace him, that player would have come on well, if we were looking yeah. for three points. I mean, I we don't have that in the summer, and I got lambasted a lot for it because everyone was saying we need a central defensive mid, we need a central defensive mid. I was like, number one priority needs to be a striker. I was of like, course. I don't care if we don't sign anybody else. We need a proper backup to Kane or someone that can play behind him or in front of him. We can't just leave all the responsibility on his own. And then, yeah, you know, they tried to fob us off with, oh, Son's a striker. Oh, and G's a striker. Actually, neither of them are out-and-out strikers. Son has been a revelation. Don't get me wrong. Loving him. But he's still not a direct replacement for Kane. Kane is still going to have to play pretty much every game in the formation that we're currently playing. Um, But interestingly, just to go back to a little earlier point that we made, the pressure on Kane inadvertently seems to have helped Lamella relax 
because the so much focus was on Lamella, mm. you know, mm. not repaying his transfer fee, like being our record signing and being shit. And like, you know, Barnaby said he was trying too hard because he's like, oh my God, I've mm. got to do something. Then at the beginning of the season, all the pressure was on Kane because Kane wasn't scoring. He had all this crap about, oh, second season syndrome, yada, yada, yada. And because all that focus was on Kane, it allowed Lamella to suddenly relax and like nobody's watching him and what he's doing and nobody's going, oh, you know, we're jumping on him, waiting for him to make a mistake. I was, but that's just me. Oh, God. Uh, There's always one, isn't there? Come on now. I'll say, I'll say, I'll say this, though. Um, you know, two things. One, Kane didn't start a Premier League game until November no, last he's, year. No, he's one okay. goal up on last season. So, but also... Um, you know, having watched Adebayor and Soldado love him as I did, you know, he's a trier. Uh, it doesn't really, you know, this is the wrong thing to say, I know, but, and it's not exactly how I feel, but it doesn't matter a great deal, actually, how, if Kane's scoring or not, because he brings other people into the game so much. It would bother me a lot more if Spurs were making chance after chance after chance and Kane was missing them. But we're not making him a lot of chances. Mason gave him that through ball against Everton where he had too long to think about it and Howard made a save. Apart from that, I'd say they're half chances, snapshots that he's taking. If we start making the chances for him, he will score. And either way, the hard work he does, the channels he runs, the way he holds up the ball, we haven't had a striker do that like him for years and years and years. So, you know, I, I don't worry about Harry Kane one bit. No, I don't. And he's not hiding either. That's the no. other thing. If he was hiding, he was Spot going on. AWOL. If he was looking frightened to receive the mm. ball, you'd start to be concerned. There is Spot none on. of that. There's mm. none of that from him. I, yeah, I'm not worried about him either. But can I also just say, it's just mm. occurred to me before we move on from, I'm sure you've got loads of other stuff we'll talk about. Oh, really? But Swansea... Christian Eriksen, those free kicks. Oh, fantastic. Oh, my God. Like, he has now scored. We did a really interesting stat this morning. He scored more free kicks since he mm. arrived in the Prem than any other. I saw that stat. Any other player? You saw that stat? That was six last this morning? Six in the Premier League uh, since he's arrived. Amazing. Six goals. Absolutely and the next amazing. one was three goals. Is there a better dead ball specialist than him at the moment in the Prem? I'm not sure there is, no, to I be honest. Right. Which is no, brilliant, because no, you were talking about God. standout performance from Swansea, yeah. and I well, suddenly realised, can't let it go without talking about yeah, it. Yeah, and to add to, you know, you've asked for some negatives, so I'll give you this one, and I've been saying it for a couple of years now, he'll be the next one to go through the door, unfortunately, for oh. us to get a big... He'll be the next one to go to a big club. No, I, think, oh. I, think I don't think... Luis is still the worry for me. Well, Ouch. I don't know. I think... Uh, the reason I say Ericsson is because I think Ericsson has a plan, and I think Ericsson's plan, you know, was not to go to Chelsea when he was offered it when he was a teenager find a club where he can play and I think you know I hope I'm wrong Lev- Levy throw money as far as I'm concerned at both him and Lloris and say sign this, these deals but I, I, I would worry that he'd be the next well that's why we need plus top play. four or trophy this season a few bits and pieces uh our Christmas live show uh, is on Monday December the 7th and our special guests are Keith Birkenshaw and Peter Shreve so it's gonna be a wonderful night of strolling down memory lane to discuss some of the great players that played under those two go to live.spurshow.net for your tickets there's still time to join the Spurs Show Dream Team League just go to dreamteamfc.com register a team for free and then join the Spurs Show League by entering the pin number 83915524 and there's uh, I think we're going to start giving out some prizes in a week or so so get on that and you could win some nice prizes randomly and uh, mention the top of the show we sign up at Lab Books to bring you some exclusive betting odds and offers follow the links on the show's description on our Facebook page and Twitter feed and uh, for starters there's a free bet of up to £50 when you enter the promo code LAD50 and don't forget our new Spurs Show Android app if you've got an Android smartphone free app uh, go to spurshow.net for that link and the link to our free iPhone app and obviously our Facebook and Twitter feeds um, so 
looking ahead, obviously there's no game this, this weekend. The next game's Liverpool coming up, which under a new manager. Where do you think, what, what do you think will be a good season for us, Emma? With this team, where we are, we don't want another transitional season of not really moving on. We want to obviously keep hold of these young players. The whole point of having a young team is they stay and they build as a team. Where do you think realistically we're going to end up? Um, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. If we win a trophy, it's a successful season. I don't care where we finish in the league. I literally do not care. If we finish top six again, that's great. Top five, great. Obviously, top four would be amazing, but I don't think it's going to happen because I don't think we're ready yet. If we win a trophy, we can finish 13th, in my opinion, genuinely. I do worry, you know, we've talked about the sort of smallness of the squad, that we can't necessarily sustain runs in all three competitions Mm. that we're going to be left in. In which case, at some point, we're going to have to make a call as to what we want. I really hope that Poch turns around and goes, right, we'll chuck everything at the Europa. And, you know, we'll... He's been very dismissive of it over the years, hasn't he? He has been, but there's a Champions League place at the end of it now. This is not the same shitty competition that we had a few years ago. Mm. It's really not. And, you know, you watch what Chelsea have done. You watch what, you know, Man United have done. You think, I want to be like, I want to have like a big glory, glory night in Europe where we're there and like, we're the number one team and everyone's talking about us. Like... Do people not want that anymore? Of course we Is do. the top four pursuit so important to a lot of people now that, you know, actually having silverware, actually celebrating being the best team in a competition? Yeah. You know, do they not care about that anymore? I think more, more than Chelsea <laughs> and Man United, I, I look at Seville and I think, are yeah. Seville that different a club to Spurs? I don't think they are. I really don't think they are. They're, just, they're well run and they've won, what, four UEFA Cups, Europa Leagues? Every other country takes the Europa League really seriously. Mm. Teams in Germany, teams in Spain, teams in Portugal, they all put out their strong sides. I think, especially given the way the Champions League is going at the moment with English sides and how we are actually in real danger of losing one of our Champions League places because we're all so shite at the moment. um, I think all English clubs, not just Spurs, all English clubs actually need to start taking that competition a bit more seriously. Mm. We've got more chance of success in it, I think. We're certainly not going to win the Champions League anytime soon. Well, there we are. We've got two. The next game is Anderlecht, aren't they? Back to it's back. Anderlecht away. And that's, Memories uh, of 84. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to that. Should be a good one. Um, Brussels, I believe it's a nice city. Beautiful. <laughs> Just getting the train. <laughs> lots be of, fun. Lots of nice. good beer. That's it. Yeah. Chips. <laughs> Chips and mayonnaise. And mussels. Mussels. Exactly. Yeah. Well, look, we've got to go because I've got to be somewhere. So, Emma and Barnaby, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. No show thank next you. week. Um, but we're going to have a week off because there's no game to drone on about so we're back week after next so thank you so much for joining us and see you again soon bye bye this show is brought to you in association with lab books just click the link on the description to the show sign up and get a free bet up to 50 pounds when you enter the promo code lad 50 go on do it this is a playback media production served to you in association with why not think people sports social podcast network Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.